listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the heart of the heartland, also known as Edmond, Oklahoma, where I am happy to have learned how to walk again. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where I'm hanging on by a thread. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Yeah. Hanging on by a thread. Yours is actually worse, so I'll let you go first. Well, I don't know. I didn't realize you were paralyzed between <laughs> last show and this one and had to learn to walk again. After, uh, after we hear about your situation, mine will be much more humorous. Uh, just, I don't know. Sick again, took the van in on Saturday, found out it needs $2,800 worth of work. Oh. So, it's it hasn't been the great the greatest week. We should so, talk about that off air, see, see what it is and whatnot. I am very sorry to hear that. I'm also extremely sorry to hear that you're sick. I think that uh, we've expressed our dismay to the listeners about moving and, and what this means. Why are we sick all the time? If it's the the kids or the bioweapon or the covids or we had that awesome listener the african-american gentleman emailed in he's like i hope they're not genetically going after y'all because i'm not, i haven't gotten sick at all <laughs> which is an awesome email but yeah i don't know what's going on it's just a just a weird time and uh yeah my uh my wife doesn't have whatever it is you have because you have a fever and you've lost taste. So, uh, but she's been struggling with a little something. No, no fever at all. But hers problem may even just be allergies. I don't know. I, I forgot to check with you. Do allergies even exist, Andrew? <laughs> oh no, all- allergies definitely exist. No, I forgot. I, 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 yeah, I mean, tongue in cheek. Something, you know. Something. There's enough air getting blown around out here. We've had several days of, of a lot. It of just man. we're. We're allergic to a lot of stuff we shouldn't be at this point. Sure. Yeah. 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 We had the the T ball uh, meeting, and like the number one question the coach asked us: Okay, snacks. 
who's allergic to peanuts? <laughs> and nobody was. Oh, that's good. So we're allowed to bring whatever. So that's awesome. Congratulations on having a t-ball team full of anti-vaxxers. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case, but huh. uh, more, more likely than it was in uh, the Seattle suburbs. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe not, though. In some ways, kind of, kind of a weird dichotomy there. No, it's mine's less. Mine's all self-inflicted. I think I woke up uh, Saturday and. I had woken up late and I didn't get a chance to go work out. And then my son was up and my son is kind of my deal. My, my daughter is my, we, we kind of each take a kid. And uh, when he gets up early, you know, she sleeps in. So it's me. I'm on, I got to do stuff. So, <laughs> cause he's got to get outside. He's got to do stuff. But, uh, I woke up late and I decided, Hey, I missed my workout. We'll go to that gym down the street called Christ fit gym, which, which, I've talked about before. It's a uh, kind of a value for value gym. You pay whatever you want, you know, come free or pay whatever you want. But it's a CrossFit gym, so I go in there and do uh, deadlifts and bench press, a bunch of deadlifts, picking up a lot of heavy weight and standing up with it, and it's a lot of hamstring action. And then uh, Sunday, I ran uh, two hours and ten minutes. I ran. 13.1 miles which is a half marathon so monday when uh, the alarm went off i couldn't really get <laughs> i could barely get out of bed i was sore in my legs from lifting weights and then running and uh i looked i looked like uh more my age maybe someone 20 30 years my senior as i hobbled <laughs> down to the kitchen to get some coffee just like <laughs> yeah sometimes weightlifting doesn't hit you until the second day after. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. Yep. Yeah. And I and I had run. Oops, sorry about that. But I had also run the, the long distance there. So it was it was awesome. It was all it was all self inflicted. I was just cracking a joke. I'd much rather have self inflicted uh, limping than to, to be sick like you are. So not not equal at all, my friend. Um. Yeah. Uh, how about that? that? How about that? Oklahoma sunset tonight, though. Did you see it. that? Is it a good one? Oh, yeah, it was a good one. It's a good sunrise. I catch the sunrises. Yeah. I got the so. sunrise this morning with the run, so uh, now I missed that sunset tonight. Yeah, just picking the kiddos up from Awanas, and yeah, get the, the full, I don't know, like full horizon. Yeah, you're out there in the awesome part. So I'm more in the suburbs, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew's out. He's in the suburbs too, but there's a little get like there's he's it's just he's a little closer to the country. He could get to cows a lot quicker than I could. Um, And so he's got some little bit, couple more wide open spaces out there to to see the awesome sunset. So yeah, every morning, uh, you know, driving the kids to school, I pass a. I don't know, probably thirty horses. Oh, wow. A couple different, couple different farms there, and uh, yeah, it's nice. Except it's 122nd Avenue, which is a fairly busy street. And over here in Piedmont, like ah, no need for a stripe, no need to have the whole <laughs> road functional. We'll just have giant potholes. So you have a, you know, several times a morning a decision of. Do I slam into a p- giant pothole or do I head on collide with the opposing traffic? So 
this this is related to the car or to the to the van issues is it so yeah yeah that's unfortunate so i i have a pretty good memory and i actually remember once you were researching piedmont and you just went on twitter and were like piedmont I'm thinking about moving here. What's on Twitter about Piedmont? Yeah. And all that came back was one guy complaining about the roads. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't just one guy. That's like what came up was like, like, oh, if you think, if they say that place has the worst roads in America, they've never been to Piedmont, Oklahoma. <laughs> so, oh, can, man. Can confirm there, but. I used yeah. to love when I was a kid, we'd go on these really long road trips and I could usually tell. When we got back into Oklahoma without even listening to my family or looking out the window to see the sign, you could tell the difference in the road. Like the car would all of a sudden, like you just, it went from like a nice smooth road in Texas to a bump every 30 feet. Yeah, and that's a, I don't know how that works because it's a highway, right? Or it's an interstate highway. Maybe it was just a regular highway. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, I guess there's pros and cons every, with everywhere, but... Oh, I learned a good one this week, and we'll get off the Oklahoma uh, specific news. I didn't know this, uh, but, you know, I bought and sold a house up there in the Puget Sound. Average lifespan of a roof, 15 to 30 years. I guess the average lifespan of a roof here. Oh, I don't know. Eight. Like... Eight years, even without getting hit by a tornado? Yeah, the hail. You have to have some sort of repair due to hail. Hmm. And then the extreme heat. Now, it was a roofer that told me that, so maybe he was upselling us, but uh, I don't know. It does seem like it's a little harder on the, on the, on the roof around here. Yeah. We already had a leaky roof, but that was more... Uh, I don't know about a design flaw, but an execution flaw with the, the builder's contractor there. But it was fortunately it was still under warranty, so that was a a free fix. Unlike the 2006 Honda Odyssey, <laughs> yes, indeed, no longer under warranty. No, not at all. All right, well, let's. Uh it's yeah, all, and uh, it's all pulled together for Andrew and help him get his uh, minivan fixed. I don't. It was it was not intentional, but it's kind of a dark show. I'll just warn people. No. Oh, is it dark? <laughs> it's a dark show. What do I got? Well, let me, let me this open is not this. a not a happy happy show. Uh, I got okay. I guess my clips. I only have a few, and one of uh, two. One of them is very bright. One of them is funny, and the other one is. Related to financial. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so never well, the, never sunny there. So I'll just run through a few of the stories first before we get into the clips. Uh, I was unable to clip it because some weird copyright thing. But okay. uh, Fauci, in, his, in the documentary on Fauci. The one where he went door to door? Yes, I believe it's the same same one. Can you put that? I mean, can you believe he put that in there? I. 
I don't know. You, you think he just is delusional enough to think he looks good in that encounter? I mean, that's a level of psycho- psychopathy that I guess I shouldn't be surprised by. Yeah. The guy on, uh, the, guy on the stoop is right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The gangster look... Not gun on a gangster. That's wrong. That's the wrong thing to say. The uh, impoverished looking gentleman with uh, a little bit of slang to his uh, way of speaking is 1,000% right in what he says. Yeah. Y'all are just ruling every, every, over everybody with fear. Yeah. If, if anything, he doesn't go far enough, but yeah. Agreed. Like, <laughs> and he's like, saying it right to his face. I mean, it, yeah. he put it together pretty quick there. You know, you never yeah. know. What oh, you, yeah. I mean, you never know what you'll say on the spot. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do with Fauci showed up at my doorstep telling me to get vaccinated, but <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it would probably be one of those things where you've got like a million different things to say and all that comes out is expletives. But. <laughs> so like but, every uh, day for me? Is that what you're saying? But yeah. So he, so Fauci in that same documentary, uh-huh. there's footage of him watching the Biden inauguration and crying because oh, he's so happy. Oh clapping by himself in his apartment and then there's a clip of him saying i got my second vaccine yesterday he's sitting there blowing his nose and stuff and i feel like bleep today Hmm. so but first of all did fauci get the real vaccine no i always assumed definitely not Although we we both but, we both assumed Gavin Newsom didn't, and then he appeared to get Guy and Barr. So. Yeah, well, because all the uh, the less toxic vaccines went to California because they had like the lowest rate of adverse events. Interesting. Um, so he also, maybe I mean, he thought uh, it, it'll be fine. Also, uh, like if we're rating like who's the smartest bad guy versus who's the dumbest bad guy. I feel like Fauci's probably a couple steps higher than Gavin Newsom. You know what I mean? He's just as far as the intelligence level. Well, in, intelligence level and like uh, spot on the totem pole. Spot on the totem pole. Although Gavin Newsom is like, you know, California royalty who they, who has presidential ambitions. So pretty surprising that. I don't know. But even even if it's basically a blank, like just getting stuff injected into you can cause some damage. So sure. it's possible that he he did get the supposed, you know, safe one or fake one or whatever and still gave him Guillain Beret, but mm. How bad is my batch.com? Uh, yeah. Go check it out, Gavin. Yeah. And his batch wasn't bad, I can tell you that. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm, compared in comparison to some, uh, speaking of vaccine events, uh, the poster boy for Vax campaign in Argentina dies at four years old. But experts say it was not caused by vaccines. I think we talked about that last year. It's making the rounds again. Yeah, that was a little bit ago. Yeah, but uh, the. You know, fever, pneumonia, diagnosed with gastroenterocolitis. 
colitis and laryngitis. Come on, man. Colitis? And d- dies in the hospital. People know what colitis is. I mean, it's like ulcers inside your colon. Your your uh, your immune system starts attacking your digestive system. Yeah, that, I'm abnormal. sure that has nothing to do with vaccines. Extremely right? yeah. abnormal for a four-year-old. Yeah, seriously. So that one popped out again, and then some uh, a story from Forbes, very pro-vaccine Forbes. Maternal deaths spiked in 2021, particularly among black women, as the U.S. maintains deadly reputation for pregnancy and childbirth. I don't know. What what happened in 2021? Not sure. Weird. Just unexplainable. Of yeah. course, their article doesn't, I believe, does, most definitely does not contain the word vaccine. Oh. Uh, it says... We don't know about the effect of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. Does not mention vaccines. Yeah. All right. Just like, oh, yeah, like lots of, you know, birthing mothers died. I thought we had that figured out, I don't know, 100 years ago, but apparently not. Uh, and then for the the kicker, there's nowhere to go up from but up from here but uh testicular turbo cancer in young athletes uh, just it's story was floating around a few different places but i pulled one from globalresearch.ca and just you know kind of strange that like four people four people would have testicular cancer in the same like little german soccer league and Let's game this got, out, Andrew. We got uh, all these examples of I don't know, mostly soccer players, but also I don't know Australian f- rules football and what have you. We know those soccer players in Europe definitely seem to get the actual vaccines. Yes, and they have less fat for the yeah. spike protein to hide in, so therefore it is all in the bloodstream and in the heart. Um, you can go to well, or. Collecting in the the testes. Let me get there. Remember, we talked yeah. about there was a, like one thing yeah, about we talked sh- about it. Yeah, yeah, one thing about the show is we present all kinds of uh, theories, and then we never follow up on them to say if that was real or not. But we had one where Albert Borla was a veterinarian, which is true, <laughs> and that uh, this was some sort of a uh, treatment to keep everybody's. Uh, to go after their reproductive organs, to go after sperm and the ovaries. And there has been a lot of smoke with that one. That has not Um, been disproven. Yeah, exactly. I'll say that. That's a great way to put it. There's been a lot of smoke with that one when you consider uh, female menses being extremely uh, disrupted, whether by off by a couple weeks or having people who are postmenopausal go into women who are postmenopausal uh, begin bleeding or even children who have never had a period before begin bleeding this would lead us to believe that it's doing something with the ovaries with the eggs uh what would the counterpoint the yeah. male version of that be testicular turbo cancer apparently yeah not great yeah that's uh that's wow that's because it's i mean obviously 
pretty much the last place I would choose to have oh, cancer. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Like, but if we're going to have that conversation. Supposedly, it's, it's normally um, fairly treatable. And the reason they're calling it, you know, turbo cancer is the, this guy, you know, gets diagnosed with it and he's dead a few days later. Oh, man. It's so, like, you know. So they're dying of turbo, of testicular turbo cancer. In some cases, yeah. So wow. he, Yeah, I've never heard anybody dying from testicular cancer. I've heard so, the jokes that they have one, you know, one testicle left and then they have to get an implant you know you hear, you hear these these stories but yeah. uh, how, you never hear anybody dying so it says uh my 28 year old son died on 12 21 from testicular cancer it's 95 percent curable late stage less than two months from the second jab it had spread everywhere doctors couldn't understand i said it was the jabs they said there was data to support that it mm. took just four months to kill him Goodness so, gracious. Yeah, not not great. So, uh, and then Peter McCullough. Hold on a second. Is there, well known. Is there a is there a direct correlation between how well you're feeling and how negative the show is? How dark? <laughs> I don't. I don't it's quite possibly subconsciously, but <laughs> but the the clips the clips are pretty dark and. I did those on Sunday when I was feeling okay, so I don't know. Right. It might not be, might not be totally a one-to-one correlation. So, you, usually the show is more negative than how I'm feeling, but in this game, <laughs> <laughs> for today's, it, it might uh, match up pretty well there. <coughs> so, uh. so uh, Peter McCullough pointing out that no preclinical safety studies for genotoxicity, oncogen genicity or terra teratogenicity uh which is all related to cancer i believe now billions of recipients are asking about long-term side effects video shows shortcomings of rushed mrna development and he has highlighted in there from their own documents no safety pharmacology studies were conducted as they were not considered necessary according to the who guideline no genotoxicity studies are planned for planned as the components of the vaccine constructs are lipids and RNA and are not expected to have genotoxic potential. Oh yeah, there you go. We ah, it shouldn't it should be fine. So we won't even look at it. It's like the the spill in East Palestine. We're not finding any toxic chemicals. None of the ones we've tested for came back as what's happening. Yeah, yeah, we're. We got some some new stuff on that, and I wish it was like, oh, look, we were wrong. It's no big deal. People in East Palestine are totally fine. Not exactly. So. Did you see the clip? Uh, a listener sent it to me. Did you see the clip? The real Aaron Brockovich showed up there. You know, I saw um, Children's Health Defense had an article about her her mm. being there, but I, I did not... Okay. Um, Kind of yeah, I, I didn't hear what she had to say. She I'm said, assuming oh, no. something's up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's you know, it's pretty tough not to see that something's up. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not just with that incident. Um, all right, I won't. 
All right, that's pretty much the stories I wanted to get to before the clips. I do have one uh, slightly lighter clip. We could start with that. Okay. So this is a this is a Kamala Harris clip, and it is a quiz for you. Oh my goodness! So excited! All right, here we go. All right, ready? We're ready. You played to the very last second. You made all us bison so, so proud. You hustled out there. You are smart. You are disciplined. You put everything you had into the game. And you know, that's what it's about, right? Until the last minute, you guys did that. You didn't stop until the last second you did not stop. And that is so inspiring. So you keep playing with chin up and shoulders back. Because you showed the world who bison are. Right? I mean, you, literally what you have done is in historic proportion. All right. Now, are you aware of this clip? I'm not. Okay, good. Who is she talking to? I'm not necessarily... I mean, you don't... Uh, let's just put it this way. What age group? Um, college? High school or college? Okay. That's, that is accurate. Um... If she gave that same speech to your son's six-year-olds, would they be a little insulted by the... Uh, yeah, they'd be confused. Okay. My, my, son, my son in particular would be confused by this person. Yeah. Well, especially if uh, your son's team was, uh, the, you know, the people... The, so she's giving that speech immediately post-game to Howard University after they got destroyed in the NCAA tournament by like oh 30, 30 points. It's Howard? Yeah. The black college? So, where of, I, apparently she went there, all us bison. So, <laughs> the, the tweet that went with it said, imagine losing the biggest game of your life and you have to listen to this afterwards. <laughs> it's so, like, I was listening to it, right? In... What's it, like? Is she a psychopath? No, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like the like a textbook definition. Like, does, can she not feel human emotion? I mean, you could feel the cringe in the room. Everyone's just like, get her out of here. Yeah, I mean that the way she the way she uh, she tries really hard to connect with people, and she just can't. How how she has? I mean, well, I think we know the answer to how to get to the White House. It's actually. Why, why not uh, give him a, a rah-rah speech before the game? Yeah. What you have done like, is, is that supposed to... <laughs> all the way up until the last minute. You, you almost lost by a... You, like, you kept playing? Like, what were they supposed to do? Quit halfway through the game? Like, what What does it, that even mean? It, I, I honestly don't feel... I feel like, like when I hear that... I, this is not a... I'm going to go back. 
I'm not going to listen to the whole thing, but I, this, tell me this person understands human emotion. You guys are so good. You are smart. You are disciplined. You are smart. You are disciplined. Like what? What? It's like, is that, that, that does sound like something that you're trying to explain to my two-year-old daughter. <laughs> yes. Everything you had into the game. And you know, that's what it's about, right? Until the last minute, you guys did that. You didn't stop until the last second you did not stop. That's sports. If you're any kind of athlete. <laughs> yeah, you play until the end of the game. Play until the end of the game. <laughs> Especially if you have any kind of respect for yourself. That's, that's literally not the goal, though. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Uh, I no. mean, I feel like getting points, <laughs> advancing to the next round could be what it's about, too. Winning the game, or at least, and that you is know. so inspiring. Is it inspiring to play? So you keep, keep. playing with chin up and shoulders back. Oh no, they, they literally don't get to keep playing. That's the whole <laughs> point. Their season is over. Some of these people There's are no seniors. There's no more playing. They will never Some play of, basketball again. They will never play basketball again. <laughs> On a, a competition level, and this will be their final memory. Kamala Harris you saying, "You did so the great." World who bison are <laughs> by losing? And ap- applications to the school I mean, drop precipitously. Literally, what you have done is in historic proportion. That last line doesn't. I mean, she tries so hard. Is, is an historic proportion? I don't. I even, think she says in historic proportion but then like trails in historic proportion like she doesn't know to yeah. say to what because no, you have I, to I say to what i think she trails off she forgets to say what yeah. it's in historic proportion too uh yeah that's uh there you go i mean that's a that's an awesome clip man she's yeah. she's insane yeah she's what like and she's she's, she's, she's up like there a half step away from the presidency so howard is a historically black college right yeah I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll fact check myself, but yeah. based off of memory, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's standing up there with her white husband. There. <laughs> and remember, it just adds like adds like kind of an element of you know just a little bit of insult to her. She's her Indian and uh, Jama- uh, black Jamaican slave owner. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So and. I mean, you can't really see the people in the clip, but honestly, you could feel the just everyone in that room just being like, "Oh, just leave us alone!" Right? <laughs> I mean, oh man. So yeah, Howard is a black college. Also, if you just Google Howard, Mail Online has a uh, article. Vice President Kamala Harris booed by the crowd at surprise March Madness appearance in Iowa as she watches her alma mater, Howard <laughs> University, fall to top seed of Kansas. Yeah. Uh, Who then lost in the very next round? Yeah, I was going to say, they've surprisingly lost. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so it's not really a happy clip, but I thought it was... Uh, I mean, it made me a laugh. good quiz. I mean, honestly, I think I would guess like fourth graders hearing that speech. No, it sounds knowing. like it. I think, I mean, I, yeah, it, it sounded, it reminded me of the, uh, space speech that she gave to like the kids that were, Oh yeah. Touring where she's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, is she so great? Is she incapable of like incapable of empathy, right? Like incapable. Well, 
so I don't know if psycho psychopath is not the right word though because what a psychopath does that oh that psychopath right. yes. is like Bill Clinton yes where you Bill Cl- yes yeah you're right you're right, you're right where you can mimic you can mimic empathy you can actually win people over you can get them yeah. to trust you you're right psychopath yeah, yeah. Uh, she is uh, emotional. Her emotional intelligence level is at some record low that's never been <laughs> never been plumbed before. So, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, <I was> just, <laughs> that laugh, man. Oh, just, <laughs> just trying to do my best, Camilla. Where I just Camilla cackle out of nowhere for no reason. Her emotional yeah. intelligence level is terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was the the one piece of. Uh, dating and marriage advice that my my dad gave me. Oh, was, I'm interested. Just don't, uh, you know, you don't want to marry someone who's got an annoying laugh because then <laughs> you, <laughs> you have to live with that forever. And you know, it's like you can't win then, right? You, you <laughs> make her laugh; it annoys you. And you, your dad sounds like an interesting make, cat, so, man. Yeah. Are you suffering advice. from EDD? It's not erectile dysfunction disorder. It's empathy deficit disorder. Lack of empathy is a persuasive but overlooked condition that has grown out of an increasingly polarized social... Pervasive, order. maybe? Uh, I'm sorry. Did I say persuasive? Yes. Pervasive but overlooked condition that has grown out of an increasingly polarized social and political culture. Sympathy only reflects an understanding of another person's situation viewed through one's own lens. Having empathy allows someone to step inside. Okay, I know what that means. It is impo- It is possible you're among the large number of people who suffer from EDD. I don't mean ADD or ED. EDD. Interesting. Hi, yeah, yeah. A politician should not suffer from that. No, it's, <laughs> if they want to be successful. So yeah, you're better off being a psychopath like Bill Clinton. A hundred percent. Yeah, but. I mean, even even George W. Bush was like, oh yeah, no, they all personable, yeah. you know. No, they they're all like, yeah. Uh, Biden's got his own issues, but you could tell like he he once knew like what you're supposed to do. He just he's <laughs> got all his lies mixed up, and he just doesn't pull the right one out at the right time anymore. But yeah, yeah, get it. You gotta pull the right demon ba- out of you. Back when I was at an all black college, <laughs> I'm blacker than all of you. Yeah. <laughs> this dude said, "If you don't vote for me, you ain't black." To Charlemagne the God, and still supposedly Charlemagne the quote unquote God, the moron, uh, sacrilegious uh, African American guy from Georgia who does the most popular morning show in the East Coast. And still gets elected. How how did he how did he manage that? Yeah. How did he? Well, he just they they lied. <laughs> they lied. Well, like Jack Posobiec tweeted today. You know, the same people that told you the banks were fine are the same ones that told you the election was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, which is true. All right. Well, should we get into the? Got kind of an intro clip and then a, a series. Are you, you ready for it? Yeah, we start we start with Dr. Sam. So 
this clip uh, is part of a larger video that's also will be linked in the show notes. Dr. Sam Bailey just is called Bioweapon BS, and um, it was recommended by our uh, listener and contributor from Australia. Oh, let's see. I've got right here. I'm blanking on his name. I, I blame the fact that I'm by Dan. Dan oh. in Australia. Yeah. So, and Dan, your book is enveloped up, but I have not taken it to the post office yet. So it'll be a little while, but yeah. we'll and get then, it to you. And then once it gets out, Lord knows if it'll make it to uh, Australia. So might, they might just be like, mm, COVID, send it back. Yeah, hope, hopefully not anymore, but we'll see. So he, he recommended this video, and then this video led me into um, kind of the subject of the the deeper dive here today. So uh, we'll start with the conclusion of uh, her bioweapon BS video. The bioweapon narrative relies on one thing, and that is getting the public to keep believing in both germ theory and the existence of viruses. Sure, there have been many attempts to make bioweapons, but there is no evidence of any contagious product that can pass from human to human. All they have are toxic products that can be injected into people or otherwise used to poison them through mechanisms that are not, quote, infections. A version of this was known centuries ago when castles and cities were attacked by putting corpses in their water sources. It was the breakdown products that were toxic, not the microbes. Even supposedly weaponized anthrax spores have a few question marks over them, as was explained in 2020 by Sally Fallon Morrell in her article Anthrax, Arsenic and Old Lace. Morrell points out that alleged deaths from anthrax look suspiciously like arsenic poisoning, raising the possibility that weaponized anthrax actually contains chemical toxins. And once again, there is no transmission of anthrax between humans. The bioweapon myth is all about fear and hypnosis. Scary stories to keep people in the narrative through emotion and distraction from the lack of actual evidence. It is the element of fear that makes people ignorant of how they are being manipulated. Once they see that the concept of pathogens are an illusion, they make a paradigm shift. Rather than outsourcing their health and community to globalists, politicians and the medico-pharmaceutical industry, they take responsibility for their own well-being and never look back. I like that. Yeah, that that was good. And I think uh, kind of a light bulb moment for me was the person-to-person transmission. Like, that's what they can't do. Right? Like, they could poison you uh, through a host of different ways, but they can't genetically engineer a virus that then gets out and spreads person to person like all it's all the, you know hollywood movies <clears throat> outbreak and the rest of it sure well and the whole i mean the whole basis for everything they did during covid was that it's spreading from person to person you know i gotta do it just because it's in my own head and it's got to be in somebody else's head out there so i gotta push back on you here the so if that is the case, I'm not saying it's not. Uh, oftentimes, so when I get sick and then 
other members of my family also get sick. We just encountering the same toxins at different time, pre- like at a different rate. Is, so, that, is that the uh, explanation for that? Because that feels like what they call viruses is happening. Right. So it's <clears throat> it's a combination of that. Like, obviously, if you live with people, you're exposed to similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the argument is also that there's exosomes, mm-hmm. which are basically, you know telling you like oh watch out for this thing like so the sick per you know this which it's also like okay what's being sick like your body's trying to get rid of whatever toxin is in there right that's why sure you get all the mucus junk and everything else yeah it's just trying to expel what's right what's hurting you so it's not the sickness isn't the problem that's your body trying to okay to okay, heal yeah, itself, yeah. you know. But the, 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 I understand what you're saying, and I'm, I'm on board. But the, the, the part that's going to be hard to convince others of, and if, if you know, if, if she's right. hoping or you're hoping to make this bigger, is just the whole concept of an entire family getting right. sick. That feels and looks like, or we've been taught to say that, hey, this is spreading within the family. Which is why most of the time during the pandemic, I stayed masked up around my family. Because, who knows? <laughs> Can't trust them. Yeah. I've seen, you know, I've seen my daughter. I know where she goes. <laughs> so the, yeah, I mean, there's the, which at some level, it's like, well, our, you know, there's the parasite thing too. So are sure. parasites doing more sure. what? Sure. Okay. You know, it's getting blamed on viruses or, but it, it all comes back to the, you know, they can't isolate the virus. It's all computer code. Like, oh, I'm this is that. what, it, this I'm is what it looks like. Just trust us. We can't, you know, you can't grow it in a Petri dish like you can bacteria or anything else. You know, it's, there's a lot of fraud involved with virology yeah. and that's, that's pretty definitive. Now you could say, oh, there's a lot of fraud, but there's still viruses, I guess. Uh, but there wouldn't be the need for so much fraud. So it's, you know, I think it's partially like a misunderstood phenomenon of the exosome thing. Right. And then also, you know, you there's a lot of other stuff making making us sick, unfortunately. So the, our bodies are having to deal with way too much um, poisoning. And I think part of the reason for the pandemic was to have an explanation for why so many people are getting sick. So, let's... And again, that could be related to EMF. It could be related to a whole bunch of different things, or it could be related to dioxins, which we've been talking about a little bit in relation to the East Palestine incident. And so the same gal, Dr. Sam Bailey, uh, interviews this guy who I had never heard of. Um, Apparently he's an astrology writer. Okay. But... 
uh, he did like what I would call real journalism, looking into this stuff back in the day. And his last big story was in 1994 on dioxins. Hmm. And I think you might get some clues on to why he went into astrology instead of staying on this path uh, from what he has to say about what's happened to other people. But uh, yeah, we'll go start with clip one, the toxicity of dioxins and furons. As far as how toxic this is, there is no safe level that's ever been seen. It's measured in femtograms, billionths of a gram. It's measured billionths of a gram. Think about this. A gram is the weight of a paper clip. So imagine a small one. Imagine dividing a gram into a billion pieces. That's how it's measured. And the the EPA knows and the FDA and all these people know that there's no safe dose because any dose is bioactive and it concentrates. I'll get to that in a moment. The EPA pretends there's a lifetime safe dose. If you take one aspirin tablet at 325 milligrams and you divide it into basically 32,100,000 pieces, one of those pieces is, is considered by the EPA falsely to be the safe lifetime dose of dioxin. Okay, one thirty-two millionth of an aspirin tablet weight of, of dioxin. That means that the entire United States of America's population's so-called safe lifetime dose can be contained in five, the weight of five aspirin tablets. So 10, excuse me, 10. So there's no 32 million times 10 is 320 million. There is no, really, there's no wrapping your mind around a, a contaminant like that. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly toxic. And, and it Incredibly was toxic. Agent Orange, yes. is that right? Well, yes, it was a byproduct of Agent Orange. It was a byproduct of the manufacturing process of hexachlorophene and of santafene and of PCBs. Uh, there's a related set of compounds called dibenzofurans, which are basically dioxins just with one oxygen. So they're like, kind of like dioxin means two. One oxygen is called a furan. Those are those were created too. And when I get to the testing pr- protocols needed, those need to be tested for. I'm sorry. Did he say that we were talking about? What's that? Did he say we we're talking about uh, the, what is it? The uh, vinyl chloride. So he's in particular, he's talking about dioxins. Okay. Just dioxins. Okay. Got it. So dioxins, which are, if you uh, have vinyl chloride and you burn it and you have a bunch of chlorine around, guess what you get? Dioxins. Dioxins. Yes. Yeah. So there's, I don't want to get ahead of uh, some of the kickers here, so... Uh, let's let's go to clip two. Where dioxins come from? Now you heard Agent Orange mentioned. Who mm-hmm. made Agent Orange? Uh, Dupont. So this m- mostly comes out of the the incident in Nitro, West Virginia, in um, March of uh, 1949, where dioxin was discovered, and where the, the molecule was isolated, where they figured out what this absolutely horrendous toxin was. And so there was a pressurized reactor, kind of a big vat that that blew up and 
uh, they were, I believe they were making trichlorophenol, which is just, these chemicals are all very similar. Uh, they're used in things like wood preservatives and feedstock for other chemicals and feedstock for herbicides. And throughout the whole process, there's contamination created. The, the, the stuff was so deadly that Monsanto commissioned a series of studies by three scientists, Zach Suskind, there's one, one more scientist. And these people were all paid by Monsanto to do these fraudulent studies on the toxicity of dioxin. And they did things like move people from the unexposed group and to the exposed group and from the exposed group into the unexposed group so that the cancer deaths would appear to be level throughout the exposed and unexposed group. So therefore they'd have a, no, they would have an inconclusive finding or they'd say, no, it's not toxic. These studies were published in major journals and have yet to be retracted. I forgot. I, sh- I would have failed my uh, <laughs> my uh, conspiracy uh, bingo question or my conspiracy trivia question on that. My fault. It was not Mon- DuPont. Monsanto. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, the food so manufacturer. The- <laughs> well, and interestingly... Uh, what year did were dioxins discovered? I didn't. I didn't catch that. What year was it? Nineteen forty-nine. Oh, going yes, back to yes to the Post-World remember War the cotton situation the, when they decided to add fluoride to the water and bring the they Nazis were, over from Germany. Bring the Nazis over from Germany, and when they needed. All those big chemical companies, you know, the war is over. We got to do something. Ah, oh, let's focus on food. Great. So this, and uh, did that sound a little bit familiar to uh, Pfizer studies, yeah. where you just, you know, you basically get rid of the control group by just throwing, moving people from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, exposed to the unexposed group if they died of cancer so then it looks like oh it's just the uh, same number of people died of cancer i mean sure a lot of people died of cancer but we don't have to worry about it because it's like just as many people who were unexposed so and that lie still going yeah so that this was known 1949 and you know here we are 74 years later and it this stuff has been uh accumulating in various ways the entire time hmm. and it should have been should have been dealt with then so uh let's go ahead and go on to clip three unless you got something else on that who's carol van Strum? because you've talked about her before yeah, so Carol Vanstrom was um, originally a bookstore owner, uh, you know, kind of a New Jersey girl, hippie bookstore owner in Berkeley, California. And then after the uh, the horrendous uh, free speech movement and the kind of bombing of the hippies in Berkeley in, in 1964, she and her family packed up and bought a farm in Oregon. It turned out that the Bureau of Land Management and the National Forest Service were spraying her forest with Agent Orange the Vietnam era herbicide, after it had been banned in Vietnam, they just started spraying it on the American people in the 1960s. And, and they, and they, it's still used, but it was very, very heavy, very serious spraying. Would made all the kids sick, killed all the animals, 
kill the garden. And so she went into battle um, with, uh, with the authorities uh, to stop the sp spraying. Um, and uh, many, many tragedies ensued, but she, as partly as a consequence of those tragedies, one of which involved her home being burned down, So, uh, he mentions her a couple different places in the interview, but I just, I thought that was interesting because she, you know, Oregon farmer and they're spraying Agent Orange. I, you know, uh, in 1964, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, no kidding. So, and that's, uh, her and then one other person, um, that he talks about it that I didn't clip both had their houses burned down when they had all the like documentation and stuff right. in them, you know, yeah. just coincidence. I'm sure not Monsanto paying people to do that. Not at all. So this, so this was a battle. Um, and Carol Van Strom is one of the people who was then focusing on, dioxins later on and still is she's in her 80s now um but that's helped eric coppolino out with you know different research and what have you so let's get more specifically back to the east palestine incident in clip for the limits of testing and biomagnification because there's not people walking around or cars driving by on the roof, so it'll give a more accurate picture of how, how the plume settled and what the levels are, are likely to be. But then there has to be a grid drawn around the town, and every few hundred feet or so there needs to be a soil sample taken to get a sense of the, the levels at the outset prior to further diffusion and, and distribution. And how can people organize to do this themselves if the if the local authorities aren't public health officials aren't doing it? Could people pay to do that or well, there are not very many labs that do dioxin. Um, it can be extremely expensive. The last time I checked it was more than a thousand dollars a sample wow. so it's it is um, when you when you're having to take your analysis down to the parts per trillion parts per quadrillion level femtograms and picograms. Uh, you have a, you have a, it's a very complicated process. And in, and in Carol's day, one lab did the extraction and another lab did the analysis. So even doing the extraction is, is complicated. And then you don't even know who owns the lab. And so the, there are a number of strategies that have to be employed. And, and that, that includes split sampling. Now, citizens can organize to do this, but they're unlikely to do so. Uh, if, if they're going to spend $50,000 on dioxin testing, they should leave. Mm. You don't want to wait around to find out what, what, what this is, um, what, what the levels are. And furthermore, it's not that it really dissipates so much as it does recontaminate or contaminate other, other areas. So there's no way to overstate the extent of the problem here, particularly given the sheer mass bulk nine train car loads full of chlorinated compounds and many train cars full of non-chlorinated compounds. Uh, there's, there's, What's you know, the, what, what do you think, um, sorry, Eric would be the size of the affected area 
that that oh it'll go all the way to new york it'll it'll go all the way to, yeah. it's going to sure at a certain point uh it, it will be it will raise the background level it's not like there's going to be too many hot spots the hot spots are all going to be most of them will be close to the scene um and pink sunsets and if you're in the, if you're anywhere in the pennsylvania ohio area and you've seen or are seeing these pink sunsets please send us f- photographs of um of of these and then we were in farm country and so we've got a whole other problem of of being in a state ohio with 75,000 farms 90% of them are family farms i'm sure it's similar in pennsylvania so this is a special kind of breadbasket heartland uh, for the United States, and certainly for for my region, where a tremendous amount of food comes out of farms in Pennsylvania and Ohio, and there is uptake by the animals. I mean, this is just how it is, and it turns up in the meat and in the milk, mm. and in the eggs. Eggs seems to be the least uh, strangely. I, I I didn't understand this, but I read it in the the reassessment. Um, the eggs seem to have the lowest concentrations, but nonetheless, it. It, it's going to it's going to follow the food chain basically, and so the, there used to be an expression: the solution to pollution is dilution. Yeah. The problem with that is that you can go from parts per trillion in the in the water to parts per billion in these small microbes in the water, right up to parts per million in the fish that are eaten, and so that's called biomagnification, where it, it where the concentrations jump in order of magnitude um each 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 stage in the food chain not great no it's just it's an interesting point dilute it but if you dilute it you're only down to billions and this we've already talked about how this is you know bad in almost every any form yeah so well and the Well, I don't. I think he covers it in a, in a little bit in the last couple of clips, but you know they knew this was a problem, and instead of dealing with it, they've just been covering it up, and they ended up. Um, well, I I think clip five uh, talks a little bit about the New York Times hit piece on dioxin investigators. The playbook that government authorities have includes everything you can imagine from uh, testing for the wrong chemical, testing in the wrong, sampling in the wrong place and declaring it clean, um, losing samples, confusing samples, lying in court, um, producing fake studies and burning down the houses of people who know too much. This has happened twice once to Pat Costner and once to Carol Van Strum. Hmm. So, and then they, so this was actually gaining some steam like early nineties. Right. Um, I, let's see. I, I put an article in there from CNN of all places, dioxin dangers. July 2nd, 1995, talking about what a big problem it was. But they, what they did is they started suing everyone that was investigating it and writing about it. Hmm. And the suits were bogus. You know, it's like, 
people would use like court documents and scientific studies and they said oh no that's uh that's defamatory <laughs> but if you've got enough uh a big enough budget as Monsanto does and they want to make your life miserable with lawsuits they can do it because yeah. people don't they don't have the ability to you know match the the war chest there so all of a sudden um that along with I think a lot of advertising factors with big pharma and chemical companies getting involved in in advertising and really dominating advertising today. But um, I forget what year it was where big pharma was allowed to, to start advertising on TV. But, um, you know, that's it just all went away. People stopped worrying about it, but the problem didn't go away. Right. Problems. The biomagnification thing is is a little worrying because uh, it kind of, you know, same sort of thing can happen with other stuff like mercury or what have you. Um, where okay, there's not a ton of mercury, but there's more in the fish than there is in, you know, the water the fish was in, and then you eat the eat the fish and take a few vaccines, and all of a sudden you get a whole bunch of mercury in your system. So, wow. But uh, all right, I think we got one more, and then we'll move on. And from your research and understanding, because I was doing a little bit myself, but I couldn't find anything. Is there any way that people can detox from dioxin? N- not that I know of. the The usual answer is you have to lower your exposure. You have to lower you have to lower your risk other ways. Now people may have ways to chelate it out of the body. There may be detox re- regimens, but you know this is this is not on the normal level of a of a toxin. Mm-hmm. Now I'd be interested in this, but there could be quite a bit of snake oil in in this also. And so at this stage, at the outset, that that crime scene has to be understood. For, for what it is, meaning there really have to be soot samples taken right at ground zero and that map made, and people need to just get out if they can. I realize we're not in the volunteer age and everyone is stretched right now. Almost everyone is, is stretched right now. Um, but, but especially young women, it's not good for young men, but it can sterilize young women, pregnant women, small children, get your animals to relatives, as far away as 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 you can um look you how hard is it to board horses you really need to know the the levels uh before you let your horses uh, and your cows graze but uh, what can you do though i mean what what you know you it's hard to move a herd of cattle Have you ever heard of Times Beach, Missouri? I have not. According to Wikipedia, Times Beach is a ghost town in St. Louis County, Missouri. 17 miles southwest of St. Louis, 2 miles east of Eureka. Once home to more than 2,000 people, the town was completely evacuated early in 1983 due to TCDD, also known as dioxin contamination. Formerly the largest civilian exposure to the compound in the history of the United States. Formerly. Do you know why it's formerly? 
No. Because this one was way bigger. So they they told everyone to get out. And it's I think they it's like a state park now. But I don't know, you know, wouldn't even really want to visit a state park, but at least you're not living there. But uh orders of magnitude smaller dioxin release than East Palestine. Wow. So, and it was bad enough that they shut down the whole town. What's the, what's the title of the show? Andrew Black Pills, the RN listeners while, yes. while fighting off COVID? Well, while sweating with the, the fever? Yeah. It's, <laughs> that'd be a great title. So, <laughs> All right. Well, but it, it just shows you, you know, it's like, I'm not saying government cared about us in the 80s, but at least right. they kind of had to try to pretend like, okay, this is a big deal. We're not going to just let everyone be poisoned. We're going to, you know, move people out of there. And I'm not sure what they, I believe they made you know the polluting company pay for it right but, which would make sense that's how it should work you don't even need government agencies you just need the ability to sue polluters right yeah all, all of a sudden it becomes a lot less uh makes a lot less business sense to take those risks that they they take but man the so on Last American Vagabond, he's talked about this. Uh, Ryan Christian's talked about this whole thing quite a bit. And one thing he brought up is part of the reason they um, just decided to go ahead and, you know, blow the thing up and burn it all, which is the worst possible thing you could do, is that with the it, it at least spreads it over a larger area. And the background dioxin levels are already so high that they figure it'll be difficult to to like specifically blame it on this incident. Hmm. And there's um, he brought up uh, this article on uh, they did a study. Oh, let's see what year was this? It's from Pollution Action. And they looked at uh, various chemicals, including dioxins, in breast milk. Okay. All right. So the the supposed safe amount, right, which is a tiny amount, um, breast milk contains, like, if you, you know, body weight, the body weight based dose received by an apparently typical breastfeeding U.S. infant at initiation of nursing was found to be more than 300 times that of the estimated safe exposure. And this is back, you know, years ago. So, this is a, this is a big problem, and it's, you know, as far as the what's making everybody sick... I think dioxins might be something to look at. Sure. But 
Don't overlook. And chemicals. I I don't know. Don't don't, don't throw don't, don't throw chemtrails and glyphosate and everything out the out the out the window and fluoride. There's a lot of things. Well, the yeah, and the <laughs> who says chemtrails are separate? Yeah, exactly. So. I figured that's what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know, man. I mean, because because it's so like the, such a small amount can cause so much damage. Yeah. That I mean, they could they could spray it as chemtrail, and you'd never you you know no one would ever know. You'd have to do crazy levels of testing to figure it out. Hmm. Well, all right. Thank you for that incredibly depressing <laughs> uh, series of clips. I, yeah. uh, and my favorite part was there's no solution. So I can't even take the borax bath with a scrub brush like a crazy person and uh, <laughs> scrub the, uh, the dioxins out of myself, which is un- unhelpful. I like the idea that I can get the spike protein out with some borax and hot water and have some salts and a scrub brush. But who knows? Yeah. Dioxins are just there. Well, according to the, according to that guy, I'm, I'm open to other sources and other opinions, but it seems like all the people saying, ah, it's no big deal are involved in the, in the industry and Mm -hmm. the um i should have pulled the clip about it but the new york times ran a story basically just poo-pooing the whole dioxin thing okay that's how we know it's real and it was so fraudulent that the guy actually got fired i mean it was just a a total you know industry plant deal and Yet that still, because it was the New York Times, mm-hmm. um, there's still journalists that just, oh, no, we know that's no big deal. Because we read it in the New York Times, it's no big deal. <laughs> like, I don't know. So, All right. Well. You know, that, I, I, I do think you got to worry more about the stuff that they try to hide than the stuff that they try to scare you with. Yeah, that's, probably that way. that's probably true. That's probably true. Feel like we so, need to- so the good news is there's there's no genetically engineered viruses that you have to worry about, no no bioweapon viruses. But the bad news is there's a lot of poison out there that's already in you. So, yes, and you yeah. can't get rid of it. So, uh, change of pace, just because. I mean, yeah, we got pretty much have to at this point. Uh, Trump's going to get arrested, supposedly. And our good friend Luke Rakowski did a, uh, a rundown of this whole Trump saga. And uh, it's uh, it has a little bit of, of levity to it, which I think we could use at this moment. So let's oh, go good. for it. I've got a, a Raheem Kassam follow-up. Perfect. Of course, the main topic of this video is currently what is happening with the former president of the United States, as many prominent blue check mark liberals are crying about how horrible Putin is for arresting his political opponents, like Alexei Navalny, who is still in jail right now. This says, of course, the cheer on the news that the former president of the United States and the political opponent to this establishment regime 
will also soon be arrested. This as the current regime, the current president of the United States, literally has extensive business dealings with so many different countries with them funneling money into his private businesses, into his family's accounts, over $100 million from Russian oligarchs from the Chinese government to the point where even CNN is admitting that these bank transactions that we all know about of the Chinese government-connected corporations giving the Biden family millions of dollars, quote, don't look good. The president's son is literally on video smoking crack, hiring women of the night, doing crazy things as he even left a firearm outside of a school, openly lied on government forms. And, and no, no prosecution there. But Donald Trump, yep, he needs to go to jail immediately. What is he going to jail for? Well, it, it's complicated and very convoluted, and I haven't seen many news anchors present a very kind of easily understandable explanation to what's going on here, but essentially a campaign finance violation regarding Stormy Daniels. Yes, you heard that correctly, because the former president of the United States decided to have paid relations with a woman that he paid. He, uh, yeah, somehow that's a FEC fine, because allegedly he had some intent moving the money around. Again, the whole thing is, is absolutely confusing, and on its initial face and merit, absolutely makes no, no, no sense at all, especially compared to the huge sums of money, the huge amounts of crimes that many other politicians routinely commit almost every single day. And if they're going to be getting him on a technicality, on a campaign finance violation related to Stormy Daniels, that out of all the things you could you could you could try to get him on it when, when of course he's one of the most investigated men on the earth. In my opinion, you got to be kidding me. This is this is ridiculous. This, as some legal experts are saying, that he could be arrested Tuesday, be even denied bail, as some people are saying that he's going to try to quote incite a January sixth style riot or tour of uh, a particular place by police law enforcement. It depends on where you are on the political spectrum, how you see that particular event. As of course, the former president of the United States has been truthing a lot on his social media platform and in many instances has been also calling for protests. His latest post is that, quote, the American dream is dead, writing on all caps, telling his supporters to, quote, protest and, quote, take our country back. Now, with this particular charge, even if he is convicted of it, he could still run for the presidency in 2024 and even win. But we're going to be talking about the protests and that possibility is of him winning here in a little bit. But let's deep dive into what's really going on here, as, of course, it is a very woke district attorney in New York City that is going after Donald Trump that has received a substantial money from Mr. Soros, who has been using the political justice system as his own form of political influence, as the many people that he has bankrolled have been punishing people based on their political beliefs, rather than, of course, if they actually violated any crime or rule or law. By pouring millions and millions and millions of dollars into local district attorney races, he has essentially bought himself a type of political justice system that, of course, favors his political ideology and heavily punishes his political opponents. That is clear, clear as day. Now, is this indictment political? Absolutely. This, as some sources are reporting anonymously, that, of course, 
The Manhattan DA's office is allegedly, quote, in chaos, and that allegedly 60% of the office there, quote, wants no part of this and wishes that the higher-ups would just stop this immediately. This, as this Manhattan district attorney just came out and released a statement saying specifically to all the members of his office that, quote, we do not tolerate attempts to intimidate our office or threaten the rule of law in New York, specifically saying that he will not be intimidated here. This, as there have been a lot of calls for protest for this. Very interestingly, a lot of people who are vehemently against the former president of the United States, like Mike Pence, and even John Bolton have come out in support of the president of the United States. This, as even Mike Pence has said, that the arrest of Trump would be a, quote, politically charged prosecution, which, according to John Bolton, and even individuals like Elon Musk, would help Donald Trump win re-election in the upcoming presidential election in 2024. And I would absolutely have to agree with their political assessments here, as, of course, this whole thing is politically charged, and I think will backfire on the people who are trying to arbitrarily punish the former president of the United States. Absent from a lot of the statements is, of course, the governor of Florida, which some supporters are telling him to, quote, deploy the National Guard in order to protect the ex-president of the United States. This, as of course, Trump has been vehemently attacking the governor of Florida very viciously, a lot of the times with the confusion of many fellow Republicans who are like, why are you doing this? DeSantis has not yet responded against the many punches that Trump has been throwing at him. And one reason could be is because this could be a part of a larger strategy as he knows that Trump is going to get a lot of support now, a lot of backing, as a lot of people would be outraged if he is arrested. And if you remember, as we were telling you months ago, that they will be arresting the former president of the United States. I said that specifically on the Timcast IRL broadcast, and now we're seeing the fruition of this. And let's be honest here, it most likely will happen. Now, when... I thought that was a good rundown by Luke. The uh, well, I saw uh, accidentally, but I saw on CNN that you know their legal experts said the only thing wrong with arresting Trump is that it should have happened. It should be uh, a federal crime, and it sh- he should have been arrested the day after he left office. Oh, yeah. I mean, such a criminal. So, but. Uh, yeah, so Raheem Kassam had kind of a a rant about, um, well, he he's not very happy with DeSantis because DeSantis came out and said, oh, I've got more important things to do. I'm just going to let that sort itself out, that type of thing, which On it's kind of like... the idea of running for president? Oh, no, no, no. On... Getting involved oh, in the I'm Trump deal. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. And I should have clipped the... Uh, oh, who's Alex Jones's lawyer? The. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. On there with uh, Viva Frey, mm-hmm. Robert Barnes. So gotcha. Robert Barnes had a, a pretty good... Like, he, he said, DeSantis, if you can't even... You know, this is like the easiest political thing ever. Like, he... You come out hard for protecting Trump. Yeah. Uh, you you say like, oh, you can't extradite him from Florida, and you tie up New York in a legal battle if they want to do that. 
and you'll probably lose, but at least you look like you're doing something, you know? Yeah. And, oh, no. No, he didn't. It's He went with the, oh, you know, whatever, none of my concern. I've got more important things to deal with. It's like, well, if you want to be president, you probably should care whether they're, you know, gonna arrest just going to arresting ex-presidents because of, uh, you know, campaign finance violations so yeah that's wild and i just i like how luke brought up like what we all know i mean the whole hunter biden laptop thing is all real there's payments from the moscow mayor to hunter to from from china to hunter to i mean the more recent kind of revelations hint at jill biden being paid through these i mean it's just it's nuts man and we all yeah know well i mean they all got paid through hunter yeah so it's like hey pay this bill pay that bill pay that bill so yeah it's so anyway so raheem kassam he ends it by saying that he's going to go protest in new york and because i'm i'm totally like team like no way i would never stick my neck out for trump after the way he is i think i I cut the last two minutes off of that but luke talks about going to protests in new york as well yeah so so you know i mean trump is not standing up for the january 6th people at all yeah yeah yep yep, yep. and that's a that's a problem uh but i think you his two biggest problems right so the well, the vaccine for the sure is number one. Standing up for January six. I mean, that's. I, mean, I yeah. think it's, that's one two to me. I think. Yeah. And and hiring people like John Bolton and Mike Pompeo, but uh, yeah, uh, amazing, amazing uh, ability to hire. Uh, inability to hire. Correctly. The exact opposite of who <laughs> of who would yeah. agree with you or who you would want but he's consistent yeah. with it it's kind of weird too he made a whole remember he made a whole alter ego persona of just you know here's here's a, a quick tip for uh, the former president you know you don't have to make a show about firing people if you just didn't hire them <laughs> right yeah if you, in the first place you're fired literally just do 10 minutes of research like <laughs> Does this person hate me? Is this person going to sabotage me? Is this person going to try to get our country into meaningless wars over and over again? If the answer is yes, you should probably not hire them. <laughs> I work with this awesome, awesome guy now, and uh, he he was in retail for like you know, 20, 25 years. And during his time in retail, he did just thousands and thousands of interviews oh yeah i'm sure and he because he was in upper management at retail stores and uh he is he he's he claims that he can tell you whether or not somebody like is somebody is dishonest uh a a hard worker and everything all within like two minutes and Hmm. i uh, believe it based on what i've seen I, i think he's definitely honed that skill but it's interesting to you know Somebody who's actually on the front lines and dealing with people in that way, dealing with you know retail people who are coming in for hourly stuff, you could you could kind of hone that skill. Trump never really honed it. Never just. I, I think he is somebody who listens to his advisors, the people around him, and like takes, <clears throat> you know, takes it all on and then makes a decision based on that. So if you can infiltrate his inner circle, yeah, looking at you, 
what's the husband and the Kushner? The, yeah, Jared Kushner. If you can in, infiltrate his inner circle with people like Kushner and some others, um, then you have that situation, which the Overstock.com guy, uh, yeah, Patrick Patrick or, Byrne explained. Burn. Is it Byrne, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, he he kind of explained that hey, he's surrounded by the wrong people. He's listening to the wrong people, and I think that. That's his weak spot. He likes to surround himself with people that... Rudy Giuliani. The guy's involved in 9-11. Yeah. Like, Trump had to know that, too. Which is weird, because Trump's calling out 9-11 as odd the morning of. Right. And Giuliani's like, ah, we're down the street. We're set up. We're ready. We'll get these guys. It's like, wait, what? why are you down the street? Isn't the emergency thing like that? And and he knows the... And Trump, you know, was skeptical of vaccines and was going to do the vaccine safety thing and all that. You know, I told him that thing was a, I told him that was a dead end, not to do that. That wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> just so convincing. Yeah, just convinced by Bill Gates. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's play the Raheem Kassam Cajones clip. And so, what is the you know what are the options left on the table for people? Well, I'll tell you what, what the option that I think is is it comes last. Right and 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 is a never option for me. You know, some people are never Trumpers, but I am a never do no, do nothinger. Right, like I I fundamentally do not believe that you sit on your hands and that you sit at home and that you watch the television and you make a cup of chamomile tea and you cover yourself in a cozy little blanket and then you just sit by and watch the world degenerate. I I never believe in that. I will never believe in that. And so as I conclude this episode, I will be making my way up to New York to stand with the New York Young Republicans who are putting together a demonstration of sorts um, in Manhattan this afternoon. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, it's already happened. Maybe Antifa have come and shot me in the head. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, The point is that you don't do nothing. And I have... I have a little sympathy, right, for for people who are fearful. Like, fear is a motivator. I understand that. Um, But I don't have much sympathy for the people, especially who are going, oh, well, of course, you know, the feds are going to, you know, interject and, 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 you know, you're going to look bad and they'll make you look bad. And yeah, like, plus cachange, right? Like, that's always been the case. When your founders were rebelling, the British were trying to... Uh, you, you know, put the kibosh on it. They had infiltrators. They were trying to um, degenerate that stuff from the inside out. All of these things. I mean, you think about how the left got it in, it in its position of power. Is it because at some point somebody infiltrated Zuccotti Park and the Occupy protests and made them look bad, which they did, and then all of the left just threw their hands up and went, well, you know what? Guess we can't do that after all. You know, no, we're on a learning curve here as a movement. And the Ray Epps stuff, which I've written about at length, if you haven't seen it on my Substack, I highly recommend. <laughs> but that's a learning curve thing, right? That's, hey, tens of thousands of people corralled at the US Capitol, you know, literally yards away from where I'm doing this podcast right now, and had no leadership, had no steer, had no idea of what to look out for, had no idea that the, the feds would even necessarily do anything like this. It's a learning curve. It's not a reason to retreat and go back and hide and cower. 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 Don't do that. That's what they want. Oh, they want you to go out there so they can frame you. No, they would prefer that you didn't go out there and so they wouldn't have to frame you. They would prefer that you sat at home and did nothing. 
they would prefer that you watched the Oscars, right? That's what it's there for. The great bread and circuses uh, of our times. And so, I don't know, I, I believe in leading by example where I can, so I'm going off to do it right now. That is me closing my notebook. That is me putting my pen down. And this is me wishing you all some cojones. Have a good day. <laughs> oh, he's pretty funny. He makes some good points, though. I... Well, we yeah. are just kind of sitting back and letting that all happen. It's, uh, you got to yeah. do something. Yeah, and it's, I'd, I'm still, I'm definitely not in the, like, let's go to DC yeah. or let's go to New York. Uh, camp, but I he he does make some good points. Like that, their preferred thing that you do is nothing. You know the entrapment and all the rest of it is the backup plan to the. Let's just discourage them from doing anything in the first place. For a little change of pace, let's go to something a little lighter, like banks collapsing. Uh, <laughs> it appears that. The uh, banks collapse. Uh, There's a couple things I hadn't even thought of. Kim Iverson, she has a video just out this last week, which kind of goes into depth with uh, Silicon Valley Bank and how they went under. And you remember, or I'm sure you heard over the weekend, Credit Suisse was acquired by UBS. Or excuse me. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, Credit Suisse all of a sudden had some liquidity problems and then bought up by UBS. So the... uh, Long-term banking collapse continues. It looks like it's going to be kind of a... It's not going to be like a, a 2008 deal. It's like a slow motion over time. But uh, I thought this was a good synopsis in a way that uh, she puts it, you know, I think is is interesting. I hadn't heard it put quite this way. I know it's kind of the in the in the vein of what you were presenting to us last week or the week before. Uh, but she adds in a couple more... Uh, details like SVB actually wasn't insolvent and that's you know they did have the liquidity they just didn't have it on hand like most banks don't so let's let's check in with her real quick hello and welcome to the Kim Iverson show thank you so much for watching so Friday Silicon Valley Bank collapsed after widespread industry panic caused a run on the bank now try to put your disdain for Alita Silicon Valley sensor czars aside And let's take a look at the bigger picture of what's happening, because it's incredibly frightening. Essentially, the government is seeking to gain greater control over big tech, which will ultimately mean greater control over us. And we've seen what was revealed in the Twitter files, how the government infiltrated the big tech platform to censor Americans. We've seen how rollouts of things like ESG scores are being used to force companies to comply with a certain agenda or else. The government seizures of Silicon Valley Bank and subsequently the Signature Bank of New York should set off loud, blaring alarm bells. Over 90% of tech startups bank with Silicon Valley Bank. And interestingly, Coinbase, the largest crypto exchange in the U.S., just announced mere days ago its move to Signature Bank of New York. And then the government seized it. You want to control someone? Control their money. And do you know what the government blatantly states they want to do? Control big tech and control crypto. Coincidence? It's important to understand that Silicon Valley Bank was not insolvent. 
It was illiquid. There's a difference. Illiquid means it couldn't come up with the cash customers demanded at that very moment. And the reason they couldn't was because suddenly about 20 to 25 percent of the money the bank managed was being demanded by customers all at once. Now, no bank in America could handle that sort of demand. Any bank would go under in the event of a run of that magnitude. Unlike the banks in the 2008 crash, SVB didn't invest in risky assets or make bad loans with its customers' money. It actually did one of the least risky and supposedly safest things you could do with excess customer cash. It bought treasury bonds. Treasury bonds are guaranteed if you wait till maturity. Now, lots of banks hold bonds. In fact, the Fed recently encouraged banks to buy them rather than lend customer cash in order to get cash out of the system and into reserves in hopes it would reduce inflation. So many banks bought bonds. The Fed encouraged them by giving those banks who did what the Fed asked favorable status. Don't make loans or investments with customer deposits. That would just inject money into the system, causing further inflation. Instead, buy bonds so that the money is tied up somewhere else which would then reduce inflation. Well, it tied up the money, all right. On top of giving the Fed their customers money at the behest of the Fed, the Fed then raised interest rates rapidly. That meant that those bonds were no longer worth what the banks paid for them. Now, that's one way to discourage a bank from coming along and cashing them out. Suddenly, Silicon Valley Bank needed that money back, but the bonds the Fed sold them were now worth less because the Fed devalued them. And the run got started because billionaire investor Peter Thiel saw the bank was overleveraged in bonds and called companies in his portfolio to strongly suggest that they bail out and bail out fast. Now, the bank actually would have been okay if the run hadn't happened or if the Fed actually did what the Fed was supposedly created to do, which is help prevent bank runs by injecting liquidity into a solvent bank when too many customers are demanding too much money all at once. The Fed injects liquidity into solvent banks all the time to help them out when needed. One would question that we should be one one question we should be asking is, why didn't the Fed do it for this solvent bank this time? Why did the Fed let this solvent bank fail? Again, it wasn't because this bank made risky investments or bad loans. This bank bought bonds, lots of them, from the Fed. Now the Fed has the power to pick and choose when to help a bank and when to let it fail. And this was a bank with good assets and great clients. In fact, the biggest banks, the very banks who are the shareholders of the Federal Reserve, coveted the clients of SVB for a very long time and wanted nothing more but to gain Silicon Valley's business. And now they can because Silicon Valley Bank is gone. Now there will be further consolidation of smaller banks into the larger ones, making it all that much easier to roll out a central bank digital currency and social credit score for us all. Again, you want to control someone, control their money. And that's ultimately the end goal. So yes, what I'm telling you is the wiping out of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank of New York look more like controlled demolitions than banks that went under for making bad investments, investments in U.S. Treasury bonds. What are they saying about those bonds? Now, I get it. We don't want to bail out banks, and insolvent banks should absolutely go under. And if bad actors are involved, they should go to jail. But let me assure you, this wasn't a bailout, nor would it have been if the Fed had just stepped in and prevented the run. Taxpayer money has nothing to do with this, nor will any of that cause inflation. That talk is just distraction from what's really happening. The consolidation of smaller banks into the bigger ones, attempting to force the most powerful and threatening entities like tech and crypto into banks under the thumb of those ushering in a very specific global agenda. And in turn, if you can control tech and control crypto, you can control the people. 
The Federal Reserve is a profitable private bank. Without printing new money or going to Congress for cash, it can buy and sell assets such as bonds from banks, and it can lend its money out at any time. It has the power to inject liquidity into these two banks without creating any new dollars. It just chose not to. Instead, they chose to let the banks fail, but kept their valuable clients afloat? Again, why? Because they want to move those clients. Where? To the bigger banks. Why? Because if everyone, especially the power players, are in the biggest banks, they can better easily be managed. This isn't about wealthy Silicon Valley liberals getting bailed out by the middle class taxpayer. This is another attempt to control big tech and crypto. There was another way. The Fed chose not to do it. They also know everybody would get lost and talk about bailouts and liberal elites. The optics of bailing out Silicon Valley Bank would be horrific. No one would want that. But they didn't want to, and they didn't. That wasn't the plan. Now, you can bet small banks are going to go under one by one with assets and accounts to be absorbed by the biggest banks you just wait. They're just going to do it systematically rather than through chaotic runs. The goal is to consolidate all the banks into the hands of a few, making it much easier to enforce ESG scores and create a central bank digital currency. And when that happens, they gain a lot more power, especially if they're controlling big tech and crypto. And that is the goal. Thoughts on that? Well, right at the end, controlling crypto, I don't know what she means by that. I mean, well, that's the whole point of Bitcoin is that... I understand that you're a Bitcoiner yeah. and that you would say Bitcoin can't be controlled and I would tend to lean in your direction, uh, give you a, a bid the adieu. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, Coinbase, Coinbase having to relocate, Coinbase going into the uh, bank in New York. Um, I think they're trying to... Oh, okay. So that that's... Okay, I didn't put those together. So she's saying because coin, Coinbase equals crypto and kind of what she's saying. I mean, in a lot of ways, Coinbase does equal crypto other than Bitcoin and a few outliers. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, the, to, yeah. the, to your mainstream normie. Yeah. So I don't know. It was uh, put in a way that I hadn't thought of before and just the idea that they're trying to consolidate the tech companies, get them in banks that they can more easily control so that they can lean on them. Like, hey, you know? Yeah, you don't start well, censoring. We could try this move. It's kind of an interesting idea. I don't know if it's true, but it's uh, something I found to be intriguing. So the on a related note, uh, James Corbett had an interview with Ellen Brown. Yeah, I saw that pop up that was today or yesterday or yesterday yeah. or today. And so she was. She said she has not been able to like nail down the paper trail on it, mm-hmm. but she's kind of speculating that, um, well, okay, I'll go back a little bit. So one of the uh, reasons, you know, that you got the whole story about the bonds, that right. part of every yep. story about Silicon Valley Bank. Okay. Yep. Well, you can, you can buy... Uh, derivatives mm-hmm. like as kind of an insurance against interest rates shooting way up right so that so there's been criticism of Silicon Valley Bank for not doing that um, but it, she, her point is like someone's got to hold the other side of that bet and 
she thinks that Credit Suisse might be on the the bad end oh, of that like of this. a bunch of derivatives trades I as like far this. as the interest rate deal. So okay, yeah, that's so a, kind of two different schools of thought there. There's the this lady just put kind of put forth. Kim Iverson just said, "Hey, maybe it's you know intentional. They're taking down this bank to to consolidate power." Get the yeah. the crypt Coinbase and the uh, um, no, Silicon makes, Valley companies. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes some sense. But then, what the what you're saying there is that this is kind of what I was alluding to. The lady from that James interviewed is what I was alluding to a couple of weeks ago. That there's some stuff out of control right now, and they're trying, they're just trying to contain it. And if that stuff started to fail, and then there was a someone who took the opposite side on it, and then suddenly. Just over the following weekend, Credit Suisse goes under. I mean, there's a lot of smoke there too. That makes sense as yeah. well. So, yeah. who knows? It's a it's a, t- a tangled web we weave when we depart from the gold standard. <laughs> yeah, she was. Ellen Brown was saying that the derivatives market is largely kind of off the record. Right. You know, there's no real. Record. I mean, obviously, there's record keeping between the parties, but there's not. There's not anyone keeping track to. Oh wait, could this destroy the world's economy? Oh yeah, it probably could. And it's in the like quadrillions. I mean, it's ridiculous. There's, oh yeah. I mean, Alex Jones has been talking about that since 2008. Quadrillions. Yep. But it's that's true. That's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Such a scam. Every level. Totally, totally a scam. Should we... Let's see. What else do I have as far as my clips here? Probably but the... Silicon Valley Bank, though, is not a victim. I'm sorry. It's just... I think her theory about the consolidation of power, I think, is probably correct. But I think the reason they had Obama administration people on the board is to make this whole thing go smoothly. This hmm. is the plan all along. Yeah. I, well, I mean, not necessarily all along, but like they knew they weren't going to get a fight from from that uh, the from the people that control it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. interesting. Yeah, this is one of those things that I think we're going to be talking about for a long time because we don't we don't really know what happened, and we're just going to have to continue to to guess and put our best foot forward and try and figure it out. I mean, there's just no no two ways around it. Yeah. Uh, I heard this today. This is from one of the Hotep's uh, Hotep Jesus on uh, Twitter. If you don't know who that is, then. Uh, he is an African-American gentleman who is very conservative, has some kind of uh, contrarian type of views, uh, but is right on a lot of things. He's had Adam Curry on his show, and uh, a lot, some of the, I agree with some of the stuff he says. Some of the stuff he says I think he just says to be funny. But uh, this small 47-second rant I thought was uh, worth clipping today because while extremely uh, defamatory, it's 100% accurate. You are under the spell of the mainstream media, and therefore you are an NPC. You are a non-player character. 
You're an NPC. Literally everything you said has been handed to you by the oligarchs, has been handed to you by fake stream media. You don't have your own thoughts. You don't have a conscious thought in your mind. And the conscious thoughts you might have had have been replaced, have been displaced by communist thought that the mainstream media put there. You was running around, you had your mask on, you got 30 jabs. And every time somebody spoke against it, you said they were wrong. Now we fast forward, come to the day and you're starting to realize they was right. You need to wake up. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, if there's anyone with ears to hear that hasn't heard yet, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my last kind of uh, short short clip, and then let's thank some people. Uh, this is another another gal doing a little bit of liberal bashing, and uh, she is also one hundred percent right. So if I was like hiring and I saw pronouns, here's what I'm going to assume: I'm going to assume you're obviously very liberal. So I'm going to assume you're one of those people that um, is super far left. Um, hey, I'm going to assume you're not a very hard worker. Um, you are either a female or you're a probably not straight guy. So everything in the office is going to have to cater to you, your feelings, your needs, and your emotions. So everyone around you is not going to be able to be themselves and walk on eggshells. Why would anyone want someone like you unless everyone's like you in a work environment? You're going to be the laziest person. You're going to be the most entitled, complain the most. And I think you're going to be the first to sue. So shocker that pronouns weren't helping you guys. Sorry. Did I, is there anything I missed there? Yeah, we'll see though. I mean, you know, I guess it depends. If you're going for a government job, you got to have the pronouns. Yeah, pronouns in the bio, pronouns on the resume, definitely not helping you with your uh, job interview. I believe, and this is just based on seeing emails from a host of different entities, I believe the state of Washington requires pronouns in email signatures for all even like city employees you think so yeah i think you've taken i think there's no way i think you i think you're getting a ton of those but i don't think it's required that's that's possible i bet it's social pressure but uh you know yeah for the state level i'm i'm real sure that it's I think it's a a mandate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so let's get into our donors then. Let's get it. Let's thank some people, some people who helped to produce this show. Yes. There are people who produce this show. This is always the, I partake in levity part of the show that Andrew likes to do. And, uh, this is the, this is the nice part of the show. This is where we thank people for, you know, not having to read a bunch of ads to them. And again, I messed up the spreadsheet last week. I put the final donor was anonymous. Uh, I have nothing on the spreadsheet this week, so don't even bother. It's not very much. I just not, not many. Don- yeah. Not many donations. But I put the final donor as $35 from Anonymous. However, a quick review of the 
Give, Send, Go website would list that donation as anonymous donor, but it says, great episodes, keep it up, Kathy from California. So oh, I'm, always, I'm always trying to mess up Kathy's donations, never give her the credit. So my apologies, Kathy. Uh, of course, this week we have, uh, well, it looks like we only have th- three donors. I know that there was a P.O. Box donation. Let me double check on that. But, uh, okay, number one donor. Danny from number Medford, one, Oregon. Number one donor, Danny from Medford, $25. Oregon. $25. $25. And there's nothing on the spreadsheet. It's blank. And Andrew already knows who the first donor is. <laughs> good stuff, Andrew. Good stuff. Well, good, good stuff by Danny. I know. <laughs> I, know. I this, mean, yeah. you don't have to be the sharpest tool in the shed to... No, no, that's coming. Yeah, donor is this week. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Danny, for being the stalwart of our show. The the man who continues. He's like, man, this show will continue forever until I say it stops. <laughs> I will donate twenty five dollars forever. I'm like, oh my gosh, so 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 assertive. So anyway, wow. uh, this next donation. Thank you very much, Danny. This next donation is directed directly at you. This is our good friend Caleb. It's a donation. For $86 over at Give, Sin, Go. And he lists a Bible verse and then a, a quick note to you. Good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. Proverbs 19.11. Andrew, Project 86 rocks. Oh, thank you, Caleb. 86 bucks. So thank you, sir. Yeah. <clears throat> we will move over to uh, the PayPal's. And did I get Daniel last week? Let's check the spreadsheet here. Daniel. Oh. I do believe. Yes, I did get him last week. So uh, over at PayPal, there is only one donation. From a gentleman named Chris who lives in the West Georgia mountains. So thank you very much, Chris. We appreciate you sending us $100. Thank you very much, Chris. And then uh, last but not least, I think there's a P.O. Box donation. Uh, Can you uh, delight the fans with a rendition of uh, Ode to Joy real quick while I go? go (laughs) I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. All right. So uh, we got one donation to the P.O. Box. This is from Dana from Colorado. And she sent us $25. So thank you, Dana. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, there there weren't a a ton, but they were very generous. Yeah, it's true. We got 25, 100, 86, and 25. So... Thank you guys. Four donations is a low number, but you're right. It's not a not a small number in amounts. So thank you guys. We do appreciate you. We rely on you to keep this thing going. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Does anyone ever send us Bitcoin? Uh, yes. We have someone who has sent Bitcoin uh, several times. I'll have to check. I checked it recently and we didn't have any more. It typically comes out to about 30-something dollars ish and then we split it and i think last time we split it uh was the last time i got any but i will double check 
you can always send it to your wallet if it's, if there is any in mine. So I'll I'll double check. I usually get a, a notification, so and I haven't gotten one in a long, long time. So I'm pretty sure we don't have any new Bitcoin, my friend. All right, all right. It's Somebody finally wants... showing some signs of life again. It is. So. Yeah, SVB goes under, and then all of a sudden Bitcoin shows signs of life. We're up in the $27,000 range now, aren't we? Yeah. Well, I can... I have the power to answer that question. Live current, on the show? Oh, my gosh. Current Bitcoin price... $27,466.41. Yeah. So it's down a little bit. It was up, uh, almost got to 29000 today. Oh, yeah. That's in response to good old Jerome raising the rates. So. Mr. Powell, raise the rates again. So what does that mean for the economy? Who knows? I mean, it, you know. I don't have to worry about like what to do with uh, a large amount of money, but if I if I did, I would definitely prefer to put it in Bitcoin as opposed to uh, like oh the Federal Reserve takeover of Silicon Valley Bank or J.P. Morgan, you know the Wells Fargo. Like, come on. Well, in it, it's it's funny you say it like that because I know that you know that we both hate big banks like that. But it is kind of the subtext of the message right now. Yep. If you have your money in a big bank, you'll still be made whole. Those lesser, I mean, those lesser banks, though, who knows? Let's let's say you got a, a million dollars. Okay. Just put, just open four accounts at small regional banks, two hundred fifty thousand each. No, I agree. I mean, I think that's the move for sure. But the the subtext of what a lot of what we're seeing, I think, is that, and I think what people want, and I think a message that you sent me earlier this week is, I think if you know Bank of America and all, if we go straight to CBDCs, it's just straight up Federal Reserve, and all the banks get cut out. So these big yeah. banks, they're going to want their cut. Yep. And their cut right now is, hey, get everybody out of the. Uh, out we're of those we're going to find out who those Federal Reserve banks are. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We get them out yeah. of there, bring them over to Wells Fargo, which has never had any scandals before. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Bank of America, which we all know is the Bank of America, which is kind of funny. You know, that's, I, I'm sure I told you that story, but I'll, I'll regale you again. I was told by a uh, Mexican immigrant uh, at my old workplace that when most Mexicans have Bank of America, because oh, really? when they come, yes, when they come to America, they think, oh, this is the Bank of America. That's where I want to put my money. And so I guess there's a lot of immigrant money there, which kind of stuck out to me. It's like, oh, that's I'm sure that's not a a, a uh, subset of the population that would be easy to victimize with strange fees or yeah, yeah you know oh. what I mean. Just yeah. yeah. So pretty cool, pretty cool that they would uh, do that. So anyway. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, let's let's wrap it up. I, Ra- wrap I've up. made it this far. I'm I stopped sweating, so that's good. But. Hey, beautiful. Oh, <laughs> we didn't do a verse of the day. I'll play this one clip I have, and then we'll call it. Good. It's good. Let's do it. 
All right. Do, 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 do. Didn't know it was gonna. Sorry, guys. For donation, then it's over. Sorry about that. It's not not what I intended, but it's uh, we're happy that Andrew stuck on with us as long as he did. And I I made Andrew stay on an extra twenty minutes. I had babies crying in the background. So thank Andrew. Thank you, everybody. Thank Andrew for sticking with us, even though he's sick. I've got nowhere else to be. <laughs> This is uh, another part of a sermon, but also part of the verse of the day, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Kind of a new take on you reap what you sow. Galatians chapter 6, the apostle Paul said this. He said, do not be deceived. Everybody say, don't be deceived. deceived. Type it in the comment section if you're watching online. Type it in, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Everybody say, God cannot be mocked. Don't be fooled, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, that's our sinful nature, whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever those sows to please not the flesh, but to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Paul said, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Scripture says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A very literal translation is, don't be stupid. Paul's words are very, very strong. And he's simply giving us, essentially giving us two options. He says, if you're sowing to the flesh, in other words, if you have habits or a lifestyle that reflects your sinful nature, from that, you will reap destruction. On the other hand, if you sow seeds or habits of the spirit, you'll reap eternal life. Destruction and death or eternal life and godliness. If this seems heavy, it's because it is. Because it's true. You reap what you sow. Do you like the direction that your habits are taking you? Do you like the harvest that's coming because of the seeds that you're sowing? thought that was good. It's kind of a reap what you sow as well as a God cannot be mocked, I, you know. It's right, right there, all together, right there in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, he never, yeah. Uh, he never missed one, did he? <laughs> no. I can't be mocked. Also, you get what you get, which what you sow. You reap what you sow. Just, I don't know. I just forgot that those things were both in the same verse, and it's uh, very enlightening. And like, like you said, there, very heavy. It's true, though. You gotta change your. Yeah, and there's. Uh... There's a lot of attempted mocking going on, so it's... <laughs> there is. His, I think this series, is, he's been talking about, uh, this is Craig Groeschel over here at Life Church, but this series has just been talking about habits and changing the habits of your life, and he gets into like some like habits like you know working out or doing stuff like that, and he's not preaching that that is something, but what he's, what he's really talking about is, hey, if you want habits that'll actually change your life you can do some of those things like working out and that's fine and paul even says in the bible physical fitness is fine but it's it's not that it's spiritual habits any true change comes from spiritual habits and spiritual change and yeah 
and then in the end, you reap what you sow, and God can't be mocked. So there is a lot of <laughs> attempted mocking going on, and it's good for us to remember that, uh, yeah, there is somebody somebody above us. So um, I, I have had, had this tweet uh, saved for several weeks, and I think I, now is as good a time to read it as any. Speaking of being mocked, I thought this was an interesting way to put it, but this is Delano Squires. I know that you followed him after I read some of his tweets or played a mm-hmm. clip from him last last year. Yep. But they, he's looking at a girl's forearm. Uh, there's a picture of a girl's forearm posted to Twitter. Her muscles have been uh, farmed to create a fake phallus that doesn't function. They will try Ugh. to make a fake urethra, and she'll probably be incontinent, but she'll certainly never function like a man. Her muscles also will never grow back. And it's this uh, kind of deformed-looking arm. Uh, Delano Squire says, uh, Look at this, and tell me this type of butchery is gender-affirming. We children, we have children who feel they are in the wrong body, and the response from the credential class is not counseling, but turning them into Franken-kids. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty bullish on the millstone market right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was like a, oh my gosh. <laughs> hey. okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm bullish on the millstone market as well. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good way to put it. I thought, yeah. And it's funny too, because there's a lot of people who are going to be like, what in the world is he even talking about? What is a millstone market? Yeah, yeah, which is probably good for him. <laughs> which is good for him because yeah. many of us are like, "Oh my gosh, just laying it out there for him." If but, if yeah. you get it, you probably agree with them, and if you don't get it, then yeah. you don't get it. Yes, and uh, when I was younger, I thought, "Wow, that's pretty brutal." Millstone tied around your neck. Now that I'm older, I'm like, "Yeah, it's about right." From some millstones around here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe we're just getting jaded, Andrew. No, it's not jaded. It's it's I don't know, greater discernment. Absolutely. You know, I mean you see and the mockery is getting worse. I mean it's it's come a long ways from I don't know, even when we were kids till now. It's, well, that's what we'll leave everybody with. You reap what you sow, and God cannot be mocked. But I don't. I don't think our listeners are mocking God. Just remember, you're reaping what you sow, and you know. For for me, that means gotta gotta stop with the the sharp tongue and the getting frustrated when six year old can't seem to figure out that he do the same thing every morning. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, it's so hard because he has ADD just like his dad. It's just, it's frustrating. Like, you'd think that would help me understand it better. No, just more frustrating. <laughs> I came up with an idea, though. I got a dry erase board on the, on, the, on the refrigerator with three things that he has to do before school with little check marks by him. Oh, and, nice. And he, he did, it worked perfectly today. We'll see how it goes tomorrow. But me... Oh, it should work. Yeah, me kind of pushing, pushing, trying to get him to do it under my breath, da, 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 and then finally just, like, exploding. It's probably not the most effective way to start the poor little kid's day. So just pray for me to have more patience and to reap uh, more patience into him so that I can sow more patience, or, excuse me, to sow more patience into him so that I can reap some in my life because I know that uh, I don't deserve it and neither does he, but 
that's what the Lord called me to do is overcome the, the flesh there and not not get frustrated. Even though it's literally the same thing every single day. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Brush your teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Put, put on your uniform, get shoes, backpack together. Let's do this. So, yeah. anyway, and thank you for staying with us. I'm pushing it even further, Andrew. I apologize. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say before we get out of here? No, thanks for doing the show, and thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for doing a show. Everybody, please pray for Andrew and his family to get better and that they can figure out what is wrong with the Honda. We'll start a. We'll start a separate GoFundMe for your Honda. <laughs> no, seriously, guys, pray for him. And if you feel if you feel compelled, send in a couple bucks so that we can figure out what in the heck's going on with that thing. And uh, yeah, hope that everybody has a great week. Doesn't get sick and uh, sows love and patience into the people around them. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-